Welcome to the latest in our Aberdeen Standard Investments Closed-End Fund podcast series, where we catch up with our closed-end portfolio managers and gain some perspective on these complex market conditions. Today, we are focusing on Australian equity markets with the manager of the Aberdeen Australia Equity Fund, ticker IAF, Camille Simeon. Welcome, Camille. Hello, Dan. Good afternoon. Good morning to you in Sydney. Camille, I thought we would start with an economic update on Australia and position with regard to the coronavirus. Absolutely, a good place to start. Um, Australia has by design and luck actually managed the COVID pandemic relatively well when we look across uh, the various countries globally. We have seen outbreaks and short lockdowns in certain areas, but at the moment we're actually going for long periods of time without any COVID resurgence, I should say, and restrictions are, are easing further. So we've got zero community transmission, which is a really good outcome um, for Australia. The government is targeting a fully rolled out vaccine by October, but I would think that's probably a little bit of a stretch. Um, so there might be some delays to that, um, but that's obviously important because our international borders are still shut, so it would be good to reopen them. Um, in, so in terms of the economic news, it's been upbeat. So we've seen high levels of confidence in economic recovery with macro forecasts being upgraded across the board. We had our Q4 GDP, which beat expectations, growing 3.1% in the quarter. Um, and that was really underpinned by the consumer who's been very happy to spend despite stimulus rolling off. So the recovery is broad-based, so business spending has been lagging, um, but we are seeing a pickup in conditions and confidence there, which is a leading indicator. So CapEx is the weak point, but there's also government, um, federal government tax incentives and also just the, um, where we are in terms of the COVID outcome. Um, you know, confidence is lifting across businesses. So where we're at at the moment is economic activity is about 1% below pre-COVID levels. I'll just talk to a couple of the stats which might be helpful to frame where Australia is at. So um, GDP growth for the next two years is estimated to be around about 3.5% per annum. Um, and that is below global peers, I will point that out, but that's because 2020 GDP for Australia only fell around 2.5%. So that's a very good outcome when you, when you think about other countries and how far their activity fell. Um, and you've actually got economists who are obviously overshooting those GDP forecasts and looking for GDP growth in 2021 of 4 to 5%. Um, in terms of just what's, um, what's actually happening on the ground, so the labour market's outperforming, unemployment is now 5.8% and is actually the lowest since March 2020, so since pre-COVID, and that's expected to continue to fall. The housing market is booming, so um, that's obviously been driven by the low interest rates, what was a flat um, yield curve and um, you know high savings rates, and we're actually looking at forecasts of 20% growth in housing over the next two years. And then we've also had very strong commodity prices, so iron ore, which is our biggest export, is at 11-year highs, copper is at 8-year highs, um, so that's all important for our terms of trade and has meant that our currency has actually appreciated and is now up around 9% in the last quarter. Um, and just quickly on turning to central bank policy, which has obviously been very important as um, we're coming through COVID, they cut the cash rate to 10 basis points um, and they're, they're, they're remaining firmly dovish. So they're saying that they're not going to increase the rate until they see inflation sustainably within their band that they look for, which is 2 to 3%. 
Um, and they're talking about 2024 being the time frame that, that, that they would think about listing, starting to list rates. So the policy support is also there and will remain ongoing as we continue through this economic recovery because there are still risks around a resurgence and obviously the vaccine rollout. So um, you know, policy will continue to support for quite some time. And what is the feedback or the mood from management with the corporates on the ground there in Australia? Yeah, so actually if I just look back to February where we actually had our reporting season, so that was our most recent update from corporates and it was actually one of the strongest in the last decade amazingly. Um, so they beat, um, there were significant beats over misses of three times and we're now looking at EPS growth for next year of 15%. So what drove that better outcome was margins. So not, not higher revenue but margins because businesses were really good at cost control through the period and that really speaks to obviously the uncertainty that they were facing into. But what we've seen at the February results was a little bit more confidence from, from management teams. They were happy to put um, outlook statements in place as well and that's really because just those economic fundamentals I was talking to and where we are with COVID were really supporting um, you know, businesses and, and improving their confidence levels. And Camille, generally speaking, dividends were cut last year in 2020. What is the outlook for dividends in the Australian market? We are also seeing dividends being reinstated. So the yield is now 3.5%, which is one of the highest yielding markets globally. If I break that down um, to what's driving that, so our two largest sectors domestically in the market are mining and banks. Um, miners obviously benefiting from those very strong commodity prices which I spoke to, so they're generating very healthy returns. Their balance sheets are in really good shape. Um, and with commodity prices expected to be sustained at elevated levels given the global macroeconomic recovery, we expect that the higher returns will remain um, a feature for the miners. And then the other part of the market, the banks, so these are domestic banks with very strong retail franchises, benefiting from you know, numerous tailwinds, which I spoke to in terms of the economic recovery, um, loan losses are structurally lower, so they're releasing provisions that they had built up last year. And also you've got the steepening of the, the yield curve which, and an expectation of higher credit growth just from that housing um, that, that, that strong housing market. So the banks are very well capitalised and we are expecting capital management later this year or additional capital management I should say and there is the potential for them to return around 5% of their market cap um, over the next you know, 12 to 18 months. So overall we're seeing those two biggest sectors generating um, very healthy, um, more healthier returns and that's feeding through into capital management and then just more broadly across the market we are expecting dividends to track higher which is because of that confidence and, and where we are economically. Well, that sounds promising. I want to switch gears for a moment, if I could, Camille. Uh, IAF is a closed-end fund vehicle, and I'm just curious, from a portfolio manager's perspective, how does the closed-end fund structure help you manage a fund like IAF? Yeah, that's a good question, because um, it really is an ideal um, structure for a portfolio manager to manage because it is closed end, um, it has a stable asset base so we can position the funds without having to balance against any flows and it also means we can really minimise that cash um, cash and, and minimise that cash drag because um, we are not exposed to those daily cash flow movements. So it really is an ideal structure um, for, for some, you know, for a portfolio manager. And finally, 
I'd like to take a look at the outlook for Australia and what could you say to clients and investors that would give them confidence to invest in Australia today? Yeah, sure. So if I, if I think about the near-term outlook, and we are cautiously optimistic, so we have a growing confidence in that domestic economic recovery, um, and there's also that policy support. Commodity prices are also underpinning, um, you know, Australian terms of trade, um, and that that obviously is, means it's very good for our um, resource-heavy market. And then just more broadly in terms of the macro conditions and the more upbeat company updates, um, we're expecting that rebound in corporate earnings, um, as well as I spoke to you know the consumer is willing to spend, and we're seeing business investment return um, starting to return. So that's a really good part. Um, we are cautious though because um, you know COVID is obviously resurging in the northern hemisphere in certain regions and struggling to be contained with renewed lockdowns. So we can't rule out further um, deterioration in, in you know the global macro recovery entirely. Um, the recent spike in bond yield also indicates fear that inflation um, is rising and may compel a faster than expected unwind of loose monetary policies, but we, we don't think that's not our base case. Um, and domestically, we're going to continue to monitor for signs of stress, um, particularly with stimulus starting to roll off over the next month or so, but as I mentioned, you know, the consumer has built up a savings buffer. So overall, the recovery in Australia is gaining momentum. There are obviously still risks there, but with the economic data and the policy support and the way we've managed COVID, it is showing itself to be you know, resilient emerging from the depths of the, of the pandemic. Thank you, Camille, for those insights today. We look forward to next quarter as well. And thank you especially to our listeners for tuning in. You can find out more about the fund at www.aberdeeniaf.com. I'm Dan Buchanan with Aberdeen Standard Investments. Do look out for future episodes.